God's name holds great significance in various aspects, such as the end of his acts of goodness towards the moral world, and his works of mercy and salvation towards his people. Many times, the forgiveness of sin is explicitly mentioned as a motivation or driving force for God's name's sake. The salvation brought forth by Jesus Christ is attributed to God's name's sake. This is exhibited in the ways the divine leads and guides humanity in paths of safety, happiness and spiritual bliss, and in the restoration of the soul and forgiveness of sins. The redemption of God's people from Egypt and subsequent deliverance from exile in Babylon are seen as foreshadows of Christ's redemption and are frequently spoken of as being carried out for the sake of God's name. When discussing God's mercy, exercise of goodness, and promotion of happiness for his people for the sake of his name, it cannot be simply understood as a subordinate end. It would be illogical to say that God is promoting their happiness and welfare purely for his name's sake, in a manner that subordinates people's good. This assertion is supported by the expressions such as, For mine own sake, even for mine own sake will I do it for how should my name be polluted? And, not for your sakes do I this, but for my holy name's sake. Also, holy persons such as prophets and saints express their desire for the sake of God's name and the joy that they find in it, much like their reverence of the glory of God. For instance, the execution of judgments on the wicked for the sake of God's name is also mentioned as being for his glory. Moreover, Edwards delves into the concept that the manifestation of God's perfections, greatness and excellency is spoken of in a manner that is analogous to God's glory. He posits that this expression of God's essence holds great significance in the moral world, as it is the overarching purpose of moral agents, humans included, to acknowledge, make known and promote God's glorious excellency. According to Edwards, God's people are created with the primary purpose of showing forth God's praise. Their virtue, actions and disposition should inherently contribute towards realizing and fulfilling this divine intent. To support his point, Edwards cites numerous biblical texts, such as Isaiah 43, 21 and 1 Peter 2, 9, among others scattered throughout both the Old and New Testaments. Edwards further elaborates on the centrality of God's glory as the ultimate aim of various actions, both from the perspective of his moral government and in the execution of his judgments for sin. He examines instances in the scriptures, considering both positive and negative examples, like the eternal happiness of the righteous, the eternal damnation of the wicked, the giving and breaking of God's laws, and the deliverance of his people from bondage and persecution. In addition, Edwards emphasizes the importance of God's glory as the ultimate end to Christ's work of redemption. This idea is supported by a range of scriptural texts, covering both the Old and New Testaments, Further, he asserts that God's common providence within the natural world, such as rain and snow, as well as the anticipated day of judgment, are all ultimately aimed at magnifying God's glory. Besides, in the scriptures, God's praise is spoken of in various contexts, serving as an essential aspect of the lives of his people and their relationship with him. Similar to how his name and glory are described, God's praise holds immense significance in biblical teachings. Firstly, God's praise is considered the ultimate end of the very being of God's people. This notion is stated in Jeremiah 13:11, where the entire house of Israel and Judah are likened to a girdle that clings to a man, with their devotion and praise for God being the central and unifying force. Thus, the praise of God by his people is deemed an inseparable part of their identity, 
Secondly, God's praise is spoken of as the end of the moral world, which represents the desired outcome for all elements of creation. In Matthew 21:16 and Psalm 8, the praise of God from even the weakest and most inferior beings signifies the fulfillment of the ultimate purpose for their existence. Additionally, God's praise serves as a means to prevent a state of destruction or despair in human life, as illustrated in various Psalms and Isaiah 38. In these passages, the act of praising God is an argument for preserving one's life and avoiding futile despair. Also, the virtues of God's people are fundamentally oriented towards praising Him, as seen in Philippians 1.11. The fruits of righteousness in their lives contribute to the praise and glory of God, emphasizing the importance of their moral conduct in promoting His divine honor. Moreover, the praise of God is at the heart of the work of redemption, as exemplified in Ephesians 1 and Jacob's naming of his fourth son as praise. In this context, the praising of God is linked to the process of forgiveness, salvation, and transformation of the lives of God's people. Lastly, the holy part of the moral world expresses desires for God's praise and delights in it as their ultimate end and cornerstone of their spiritual values. Numerous scripture passages feature saints expressing their desires for God's praise, inviting all nations and beings to participate in this act of devotion. They also declare their dedication to praising God throughout their lives, and even into eternity. God's praise is, therefore, seen as the desirable and glorious effect of all the works of creation. In conclusion, God's name holds great significance in various aspects, such as the forgiveness of sin, the salvation brought forth by Jesus Christ, and the redemption of God's people from Egypt and exile in Babylon. In all these cases, God's actions are considered to be for his namesake, which cannot be understood merely as a subordinate end. Reverence for God's name is also seen in the actions and desires of holy persons, such as prophets and saints. The manifestation of God's perfections, greatness, and excellency is spoken of as analogous to God's glory. This expression of God's essence holds great significance in the moral world, as it is the overarching purpose of moral agents, humans included, to acknowledge and promote God's glorious excellency. According to Edwards, God's people are created with the primary purpose of showing forth God's praise, with their actions and dispositions contributing towards fulfilling this divine intent. God's glory is also seen as the ultimate aim of various actions, from the perspective of God's moral government, in the execution of judgments for sin, and as the ultimate end to Christ's work of redemption. Additionally, God's common providence within the natural world and the anticipated day of judgment are all ultimately aimed at magnifying God's glory. In the scriptures, God's praise is spoken of in various contexts and is seen as an essential aspect of the lives of his people and their relationship with him. God's praise is considered the ultimate end of the very being of God's people, the end of the moral world, a means to prevent a state of destruction or despair in human life and a cornerstone of spiritual values. The virtues of God's people are fundamentally oriented towards praising Him, and the praise of God is at the heart of the work of redemption.